that uh, a lot of the rebels, if that's what you want to call them, the people, one of the sides involved with the civil war, they had their stronghold up in that area. And so as a result, the development in northern Sri Lanka is not what it should be. And uh, so that's, that's kind of what has inspired the task of let's, hey, let's kind of get alongside the local churches as they make a difference in their own community. In fact, someone uh, really wise once said that the local church is the hope of the world. And uh, that's definitely true. You know, as, as the church in Whangarei, uh, we know that we are best placed to serve the people of Whangarei. But when it comes to um, Sri Lanka, that there is another community, another church community, which are best placed to reach their nation. And so uh, we want to support the local pastors up there and that. Uh, and so that's really the heart behind the missions offering this week to build a training center where we can encourage people. And uh, that's going to be fantastic. But uh, before we get into the message, my name is Pete MacArthur. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to have you here. If you're new and you, we haven't met, um, I'm sure you're pretty cool, and I think I'm pretty cool as well. And so we should hang out after the service, and maybe I'll get to meet you, and that'll be fantastic. But what we're starting this week is a series looking at supernatural, the things of the supernatural. How does the Holy Spirit really work in our society, in our lives, in the world today? And uh, I'd like to share with you a few of my experiences from having just recently been on the trip to Sri Lanka. And uh, we also spent some time in India as well. And it was an amazing trip. And uh, God really did some great things over there. And uh, so right now, today we're going to have a look at how does the Holy Spirit work in our, our world, in our own lives and uh, so when I went over, when we went over to India, we went to India first. I don't know if you know uh, kind of just the general shape of India. It's kind of like a triangle uh, with the bottom, of, well, top of the triangle facing the equator. And, um, and we first landed in Chennai, which is quite a large city. And it's about a third of the way up India from the south to the north, about a third of the way up. So it's still in South India. And then we got on a plane and we flew uh, to a place called Varanasi, which is in Bihar. And uh, Bihar is a very dry, very hot place. It's right up by the Nepalese border. And uh, southern India is quite developed and uh, fairly wealthy. A lot of IT industry down there. But in the north, it's, it's not the case. It's a different place altogether. And after that, we uh, flew to Colombo in Sri Lanka. And uh, we ministered in Sri Lanka as well. So I'd just love to share with you about that. But but some of you, if you've been to the third world, you'll have known the feeling of kind of hopelessness when you see the scale of how big a problem might be. There are many wonderful things about these beautiful cultures, but one of the things you experience is that you see a particular issue, whether it's poverty or homelessness or whatever it is, and you can feel overwhelmed at the sheer magnitude of the challenge that was uh, facing that particular nation. And what we as Christians know to be true is that the only hope some of these things of having, of shifting and becoming better, is through the power of God. Some of these challenges seem so big and so overwhelming that we have to put our faith in a God that continues to work in impossible situations to shift them and move them in the name of Jesus. Well, when we were in Varanasi, which is a city in the north, north of India, uh, I experienced this. Varanasi, as I learned, was, is kind of like a holy city in India. Uh, the people there believe that if you, 
um, if you were to be cremated on the shores of the Ganges River and your ashes washed into the river uh, in the special city of Varanasi, then you can escape the cycle of death and destruction that reincarnation has. So the way reincarnation works in, in the kind of Indian and the Hindu mind is that uh, you, if you behave well, then you get to go up a stage. Uh, you get reborn kind of up a level. And if you don't behave so well, you might go down a level. But either way, you're kind of in the cycle. And the only way you can get out of that cycle is to be cremated on the shores of the Ganges River. Now, I didn't quite understand that, but as we were driving past the Ganges River, um, we saw it. So this is great. Let's hop out and have a look. And we, require, we got a, a local boat owner to take us out on the river for about half an hour, and, and we popped out there, and that was fantastic. But when, I, when we were out on the river, our driver told us about this belief and what was going on. And we could see the bonfires as they were littered down the banks of the river, uh, and you could smell the smoke of hundreds, if not thousands of bodies every single day being burnt and having their ashes washed into the river. And for me, it really filled me with a sense of kind of overwhelmed me almost with tempting uh, a sense of hopelessness in that situation as I imagined families saving and saving and saving their money, uh, scrimping and saving and sacrificing, maybe even selling property or land so that one of their relatives might have the opportunity to be cremated on the shores of the Ganges River. And then that relative going and standing before God and the sheer disappointment of understanding that no matter what their family had sacrificed, it was simply not enough when it comes to the courts of God. I was overcome with the sheer deception of that belief and what it was doing to the community. But I was encouraged in knowing that there are some things that when you see things that are, uh, that are kind of lost and so lost that you're feeling overwhelmed, that there are some things that can only shift through the work of the Holy Spirit. The supernatural power of God. You understand this in our own communities? We, when we see cycles of kind of abuse and poverty and they seem to go on generation after generation, you experience that maybe when a particular relationship falls apart and it seems unreconcilable and it kind of seems like a hopeless situation. When we're in a position, when we see a problem that seems too big, we know that the Holy Spirit, who is God, living and active in our community, is at work to move those things through His power. We, one of the major struggles we have in our world is that, is that our human efforts, no matter how good or how powerful they might be, are simply not enough to face some of the issues that we see in the world. Human resources and even human finances are simply not enough to solve some of the issues in our world. And so when it comes to speaking about the Holy Spirit, the uh, book of Romans says this, it's deeply encouraging to anybody who might be facing something big in their life. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. That no matter how lost or broken your situation might seem, the Holy Spirit is living and active in our world today to breathe life onto things 
that might seem dead. Before I left to go to Auckland to get on a plane to fly to India, um, I prayed a prayer that said, God, would you put people in my path whom I can encourage and bless? And as I was driving south, I don't normally pick up hitchhikers, but I drove past this guy who was hitchhiking. It was about seven or eight o'clock at night, and he was hitchhiking in the dark, and I just kind of felt bad for the guy, so I pulled over and I picked him up. And he introduced himself. His name was B, B-E-E, and uh, it was, I kind of like, that's a strange name, you know, Buzzy B or something like that. But uh, he, he, was, he was a really interesting guy. The reason he was hitchhiking south was because two weeks before, he had gotten into a helicopter with his seven-year-old son, and they flew to Starship Hospital after his son had been hit by a car traveling way too fast. They had, he had been sitting beside his son's bedside uh, for two weeks, and they'd been travel, uh, transported uh, up to Whangarei Hospital, also by helicopter, and he needed to go home and pick up his car because he didn't have it with him. Now, B doesn't believe in God. Even now, he doesn't really believe in God. But uh, back then, during the two weeks, he felt, as he explained to me, that he had no choice but to pray. There was nothing else he could do but simply pray to God for the life of his son. His son was very badly uh, um, brain damaged, and they had so many challenges that they were faced. And so B decided that he was going to pray. And day after day after day, they saw steady progress in the health of his son. In fact, the doctors couldn't understand why there was so much great progress being made in the seven-year-old's life. And it was because his father was sitting beside his bed, someone who didn't know God, who had no idea who God was. And if he's honest, probably doesn't even really believe in God, but is praying to whoever is out there to save his son. And God was indeed through the Holy Spirit saving his son. Amazing story as he kind of poured his heart out. And even now, uh, their walk with the Lord is, is, is as you would imagine. He still is not sure whether he believes, but I tell you what, he believes a whole lot more now than he did two weeks ago. You know, there's something inside all of us that when we are faced with a crazy situation, overwhelmingly difficult situation, that thirst for the power of God to shift things. Let me uh, very quickly give you a little bit of background to how the Holy Spirit plays out in our world today. You see, uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, the third person in the Trinity, where the Bible tells us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three in one. They are the Godhead. They are God together. Uh, they are one God in three different persons. Now, the clearest way in my mind you can see this is at the baptism of Jesus. Jesus is... Uh, goes down under the waters of baptism, and then as he comes out, a voice from heaven speaks over his life. The voice of Father God is saying, uh, this is my son whom I love, in whom I am well pleased. It's a voice from God, uh, Father God speaking over his son, affirming his son. And then the person of the Holy Spirit descends like a dove to empower Jesus to do all that Jesus needs to do. You know, they are one God with one purpose to redeem all of mankind and bring us all into relationship with God. They have one purpose, but they have different roles. This is uh, what author, uh, uh, theologian Stanley Greens puts it in terms of their roles. He says that uh, God the Father is the originator. The Father God is the source of all things. Everything starts with Him. He is the source of all life. The Son is the revealer. 
The son's role is to reveal the heart of the father to us. In fact, that's why a lot of people uh, might struggle relating to the Holy Spirit and God the Father, but, but a lot of us, even if you don't believe, have no issue relating to Jesus because that's his role is to help us relate to God. But the Holy Spirit, he says, is the completer. The completer, that is the, uh, the, the whole plan of redemption starts with God the Father. He is the source of all things. The plan is revealed in God the Son. But the plan only gets worked out in our lives today through the Holy Spirit. That the work of God is uh, to bring all mankind to himself was started. And it's the Holy Spirit that's at work making it all happen. It's only through the Holy Spirit that you and I get to experience life. It was through the Holy Spirit that uh, B was led to pray to a God he didn't even believe in for the health and the, uh, the future of his only son. It was through the Holy Spirit that, that God was healing his son, uh, B's sons, and, and will continue to heal him. And it's through the Holy Spirit that God will continue to speak to B and to his family in the decades to come to draw them closer to himself. It's through the Holy Spirit that Romans 8 says, life gets breathed into our mortal bodies, into the dead and hopeless things of our world. The Holy Spirit's role is to breathe life into those places. I want to kind of really us as a community to be going away from here with eyes to see what the Holy Spirit is at work in, to breathe life into our situations. That if we have the courage to seek Him, and uh, the courage to follow the next steps that he gives us, that we can see things shift in the name of Jesus. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, uh, brings a number of things to our lives, but I'd just love to briefly share with you th three of those things that I trust will encourage you this morning. The first thing in your notes is this, is that the Holy Spirit brings comfort. The Holy Spirit brings comfort. In John 14, verse 26, the Amplified Bible says this, but the helper, and as an explanation, it says it's the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, that is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, and to represent me and to act on my behalf. That Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Excuse me. He will help you remember everything that I have told you. You know, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a helper, a counselor, an advocate, a comforter, because at life and life, sometimes things get uncomfortable. You know, it's my conviction that no matter what you're going through, the Holy Spirit is somebody who comes alongside you and comforts you in your most difficult time. But it's not just when other bad things happen to us. Often the Lord will lead us into uncomfortable situations so that we might learn, uh, like it says in Exodus, that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that it's actually His, He is our source of comfort. And whatever else comfortable things you choose to fill your life with, God will often lead us into uncomfortable situations so that we might learn that our comfort is truly in Him. Now, I only learned this kind of, well, I keep learning it like we all do, but I learned this most recently when we were entering Sri Lanka. You see, we had planned this trip months and months ago. And when kind of the team felt called to go on the trip, we felt called to go to a country that was at peace. It'd been at peace 10 years uh, since the last kind of act of violence was in that, in that difficult place. 
However, on Easter Sunday evening, I was sitting there on the couch and I flick on the news and I see that there had been several suicide bombers who had targeted Christian churches and hotels in three different places in Sri Lanka. Now the plan was for us to visit two of those places. And so when you're in that situation, what do you do with that? What do you do, what do, you do when you have to choose whether or not you will continue to go into a place where God has called you when the situation has changed. You know, there were people whom the police at the time hadn't found. Speculation was that they still had explosives and they were on the run from the military and the local police. And we were being called by God to go into that place at that time. So, uh, I mean, I've, I've, as a young man, I've been to some dangerous places and I was in um, Pakistan one time when martial law was declared and there was rioting even right outside our gates and a number of people were killed and it was a crazy time but I was a single man and I was I didn't have any children and I at the time I was like you know if, if I die that's great I'll die a hero everyone will be awesome I've had a pretty good life you know I've been 20 years old it's, God's been good and you know I've had some fun times so I'm happy to go to glory uh, God you can take me if you like but um but when you've got children and a wife that all changes and uh, I was feeling very anxious about to board the plane to go to Sri Lanka. And, um, and I opened up my Bible, and I was turning to a different passage, but on the way there, my Bible fell open to Psalm chapter 16, where I read in verse 1, it says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. It was like the Holy Spirit came alongside me and put his arm around me and said, son, I know that this is not what you signed up for, but I am enough. I am your comfort. I am your strength. I am your protection. I will be with you no matter where you go, and I will bring you home. And uh, there were a number of times on that trip where that anxiety rose up again. In fact, we just walked straight out of the airport when we got there and there was an unmarked, unclaimed cardboard box sitting under a local tree that the police had just recently cordoned off, thinking that it might have been a bomb. And I remember thinking to myself, if that thing goes off, we're toast. We're not actually far enough away from that uh, box if, if it does go off. Now, fortunately, it was just some um, rice and some groceries that someone had left there. But in that moment, you feel anxious. And you have to hang on to the fact that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. I had to say, no, I choose to keep, uh, to put my safety in God's hands. In Him, I take refuge. Now, the Holy Spirit breathes life on our situation by doing a number of things. And the second thing that I'd like to share with you is by bringing conviction. The Holy Spirit breathes life into our situations by bringing uh, conviction. In John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8, it says, But very truly I tell you, it is, good, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And this is the, the main bit. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. One of the reasons we kind of get stuck in our, in our stuff that kind of fills our life and makes us feel stuck and stale is that, uh, is that we refuse to do what the Holy Spirit is convicting us to do. 
The Holy Spirit comes alongside us and gently corrects us and in a, in a beautiful, gentle way. He truly does convict us of our sin and ask us to change. Gives us some practical things for us to work out. And this is a real encouragement for somebody who's maybe got a relative or a friend or even a husband who seems far from God. Well, you can have trust that the Holy Spirit is at work and He is a spirit of conviction that can change any heart. You know, when I was up in uh, northern India recently, I met a crime boss. I've never met a crime boss before. This is kind of exciting. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, he was an old crime boss. He wasn't functioning, uh, living a life of crime at the time. But uh, he was uh, we're hearing a story about how he came to be in the ministry that was up in northern India. Well, he, for a reason that even he doesn't know, he walked into the church one day and demanded to speak to the pastor. And the secretary uh, knew exactly who he was and was terrified of him. And, um, but had the presence of mind to ask him to put down his guns or to put his weapons down. And so it looked like he only had one gun, but as he, as he took all his like, weapons out, it turns out that he had six. He had six on him. And the secretary said, he said, I thought he might have had a seventh, but I wasn't brave enough to ask. <laughs> they had to kind of trust him that he actually has emptied all his guns out on the table. He comes in to speak to the pastor, and they have their meeting. And at the end of the meeting, the pastor says to him, hey, you know, I know exactly who you are, and you think you're a big man. I don't know who says that to a crime boss. Crazy. You think you're a big man. But let me tell you, you can't even go to the shop without a gun to protect yourself. You're not a big man. You're a small man. You know, the pastor said to him, I said, I can take my wife to the market whenever I like. But when was the last time you took your wife to the market? You can't even go out in public without fear of being killed or arrested. Now, but the Spirit of God was at work on his life through conviction. He was bringing him into a place where he could know God. So he gets up from that meeting and he storms out. But the next week he comes back. Again, something was just drawing him back into the life of this pastor. And uh, week after week after week, they were meeting together. And in the end, he got saved, and the, which is an amazing end to the story. And I met him um, after he had come out of prison and was working in the ministry, which is interesting for me because even after he got saved, he still went to prison. And he had committed a number of really horrible crimes, but they couldn't pin all of the evidence on him. So he only got 10 years um, in prison. But after he came out, he's been working with the ministry, and he's been up there a couple of years now. But let me tell you that how, no matter how far gone you think somebody is, they are never too far gone for God. That God's Holy Spirit is on anybody that you can imagine. No matter what the relationship is, no matter what the uh, situation that you're facing, maybe debt has piled up too high and you're in this unmanageable state of debt. No matter what the situation is, God through the Holy Spirit is at work in your life to bring comfort and to bring conviction into dark places. Maybe you're here today and even as I'm sharing this, that you don't know, you know that you don't know God personally. Let me tell you that He is here right now. He may be speaking to you. He may be telling you that He loves you way too much to see your life carry on in the same direction that it's been going on for many years. 
Maybe that this is you and that you know that uh, you need to come into a relationship with God. Or well, we're, we're going to all pray at the end of this message out loud. And if that's you, maybe you're just like a pray along with everybody else. And let me tell you that God loves you. He cares for you. And that the Holy Spirit is at work here to speak to us through the heart of, uh, about the heart of God. Now, the third thing that the Holy Spirit brings is power. The third thing that the Holy Spirit brings is power. And the call of God for all of us as Christians could be summarized in this particular scripture. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, in your notes there, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, it's interesting to note, uh, by way of explanation, that really the only hope we have of being effective witnesses for God is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't change anybody's heart. Most of the time, I can't even change my wife's mind, let alone somebody that I don't know. And so uh, I need the Holy Spirit, and so do you, to help bring power to everything you do into your ministry. Uh, I've thought in my mind that I've always understood what God could do in a community in terms of the scale that He could do it. But when I was in northern India, I learned that I've been thinking way too small. You see, I met, uh, we, we visited a ministry that Elam has um, helped start and has supported over the years um, called GEMS. The ministry is called GEMS, and it's uh, 40, just over 40 years old, and it's headed up by a guy called Brother Augustine. Now, brother, brother, that was almost a swear word. <laughs> uh, brother Augustine. Brother Augustine is a man that we, at Elam we've had the privilege of supporting. In 1972, God called him from his home in South India up into Bihar in the north. Bihar is very hot. It's very dry. And when we were up there, the temperature was 46 degrees, which was way hotter. Than I, you know, if, if for those of you who maybe can't picture that, which is probably most of us, um, it's like having a life-size hairdryer just blowing at you. It's like, because it was so windy, it was like having a life-size hairdryer just dousing you with heat. In many places, Bihar is very underdeveloped. When Brother Augustine arrived there, he didn't have any funds, but God provided his funds and uh, opened up opportunity after opportunity to help the people up there uh, hear about God, but also build schools and hospitals and amazing places. They focused on growing churches in the early days, and even now they still focus on growing churches. And uh, God has, through their ministry, planted over 1,000 churches across the state of Bihar. When this kind of like the scale of this just blew my mind. When, um, when they gather everybody together for a conference, the overflow seating, that is like this, where you sit if you're late to the conference, is for 8,000 people. It just, just blew my mind. And uh, as, as we took a tour of that place, a tour that even just the headquarters took like two and a half hours or more, it was just huge and uh, to walk through there. I was captured by a 150-bed hospital that they've recently built. They recently upgraded it because the community up there needs a hospital. There wasn't a government hospital, so the Christians up there built a hospital for the local people. Now, put, to put that in perspective, a 150-bed hospital is really, really big. Like, Kaitaia Hospital has 26 beds. 
And these guys have 150. Whangarei Hospital is absolutely massive. You can, you know, obviously you know where it is. But uh, they have 220 beds. So these guys are not far off having built a hospital to the same scale as Whangarei Hospital. Maybe two-thirds of the size. Absolutely huge. So God has moved in that place through the ministry and the team of our brother Augustine, and they have built uh, many, many, many things. They've got a building team that just never stops building. In fact, they've got such a heart for development that they've got eight or nine builders, and they just don't stop. They just build one thing and then go on and start a new project and build that. And, and uh, that's, they've got 2,500 people involved full-time with the ministry in, in northern India. This is what they've got. This is just kind of blowing my mind in terms of scale of what God could do. Uh, they've got a nursing college. They've got a Bible college. They've got over 1,000 churches, over 200 schools. They've got boarding hostels and facilities for people who need to go to school but don't live in the local areas. They've, got, uh, they've sent out literally thousands of missionaries into the provinces over the last 42 years. The scale of this simply just blew my mind of what God could do, how powerful the Holy Spirit through a heart that's willing and able is truly able to do. We stood there in the dusty Indian air as the sun went down and my eyes caught a massive sign that was down one of the buildings that said, with God, all things are possible. And in that moment, I stood there as the sun was going down and I actually believed that with God, all things were truly possible. It's one thing to believe for one building, but these guys have so much on the go that they're trusting the Lord for because they truly believe that the Holy Spirit does empower us and provide for us in everything that we need. The Holy Spirit brings power to overcome any situation, power to build a future that you have not even imagined yet. We cannot even begin to imagine the scale of what God has planned as we, allow, as we allow His Holy Spirit to transform us and to take over our lives, knowing that the Holy Spirit is breathing life into dead and dark situations. As we close this morning, let me challenge you with this. The Holy Spirit is at work to breathe life into all areas of our lives that maybe have stalled, maybe they've gone stagnant, we have gotten lost or perhaps even been broken. So let me ask you this. What is it for you that needs the Holy Spirit's breath on it? Maybe you're in a relationship that seems to be getting more and more difficult to navigate as the challenges become bigger and bigger. Perhaps you need to invite the Holy Spirit to work in that relationship to breathe new life into it. Maybe your finances have been pushed to the absolute limit that the mountain of debt that you've uh, walked into is just climbing and climbing with every day. Perhaps you need to invite the Holy Spirit into that situation to ask Him to provide and to be the strength that you need. Perhaps in your life there's a family member that is far from God. And as the weeks and months drive by, uh, fly by, you've started to lose hope that maybe they'll be ever coming to know Jesus. Let me tell you that if you pray and seek the Lord for them, the Holy Spirit will come into that situation and bring the conviction that we know He brings. We've seen God at work in India and Sri Lanka, but that's far over here. We know that He is in fact at work in our lives as well. 
and He is living and active here in Whangarei. As we come to a close, let me just share one final story with you. You know, when I was 15 years old, I was sitting in a church meeting, not dissimilar to this one right here. And I had this experience as I sat in my seat, kind of not really engaged with the message and not even really sure why I was there. But as I was sitting there in my seat, I knew that the decisions I'd been making were taking me down a path that was not gonna end well. You know, like a lot of people, I'd been making dumb decisions, decisions that were based out of wanting uh, to bring some satisfaction or belonging, perhaps uh, something that would fill me, something that would fill the void inside. But I had this experience of knowing, and I believe that it was God speaking to me, it said, Peter, if you continue down this path, you're gonna end up in a very dark place. I knew that I was bigger and better than what I'd let my life become. That day in that church, I prayed a prayer, very similar to the one we're gonna pray in a minute, where I gave God the control of my life and said yes to everything He had for me. The reason I said yes is because upon reflection, I'd, knew, I'd known that if I was in control, things would not end well. So I needed to give control to somebody, something else, and follow their leading. Now, since I've said yes to Jesus, I've experienced everything that we've talked about, that areas of my life that are dead and hopeless are now feel full of life, that there is meaning and hope beyond the things that I've seen. Life has not been easy, but it has been. Um, I have known that in every situation, God has walked beside me. So right now, across this building, we're gonna pray. And uh, if you know that you need to come home, maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past and God is calling you back into that relationship. Or perhaps you don't know who God is. And uh, God is in fact calling you right now to start a relationship with Him for the first time. Right across this room, with every head bowed and eye closed, we're going to be praying this prayer out loud. And if that's you, would you just pray along with everybody around you, knowing that this prayer is just between you and God? With every head bowed and eye closed, would we all pray this together? Dear Jesus, I know I've messed up, but today I choose to give my life to you. I hold nothing back. Thank you that you died to cover my sin and rose again to give me hope and new life. Thank you that you found me and thank you for your grace. Now with every head bowed and eye closed, if that was you, we don't wanna embarrass you, but we would love to get alongside you and help you take your next step with the Lord. And if that's you, I'm gonna to count to three. And if, if that's you, would you just pop your hand up nice and high? We'd love to do that with you. One, two, three. If you can get your hands up. Awesome. Bless you, brother. Is there anyone else here this morning? Awesome. God, we just thank you for, bless your sister, great. God, we just thank you so much for everything you're doing in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you see the dead areas of our life and it doesn't scare you. In fact, maybe even you thrive on the challenge of seeing those things shift under the power of God. And so we take every lost, broken area that we feel overwhelmed or uh, perhaps feel a little self 
um, hopeless and we give that to you. We say, God, would you take these things and would you breathe life into those situations so that we might walk into a freer future, a future with your handprints all over it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Pete. Come on, how good was that? So I just want to encourage everyone as well to continue to um, keep Sri Lanka in your prayers and this whole process of, um, of the centre that they're building and we'll get into that soon with our offering. But continue to pray into that and that things just fall into place and that, um, that God really moves through that situation. Um, but we just want to, um, you know, a few notices, a few things coming up um, before we close up this morning. So firstly, next Sunday, we're excited. Well, next weekend, actually, we're going to be celebrating 30 years of Elam and Whangarei, um, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, and so that is going to be starting on the Saturday night. The Power Zone team are going to be hosting a family faith and fun night. Um, so if you've got kids in one of the kids' programs, or if you don't have children, um, anyone is welcome to come along. There's going to be supper provided. Um, and it's great. It's at 6.16 to 7.47 great time so you don't forget it. Make the time a little bit odd so that you remember. I like that. Smart thinking. <laughs> but they've got a bit of a theme going on in Powers at the moment called Mud Run. So I think they're going to be bringing in some stuff for that to do with the night. So it's going to be a fun night. So I encourage you to get along to that. If you want to go, please get in touch with Cindy, um, our awesome children's pastor, and because she, she needs to know numbers. So she's currently in the Powers room with the crew now. So maybe catch her after the service if you're interested. Um, and then also on the Sunday morning in both services, we're going to be celebrating the 30 years of Elam. We've got a few items and some cool things going on and free coffee and cake. Come on. <laughs> that's a good enough reason to come right there. But I just want to encourage you, if you know someone that's been part of the Elam family over the last 30 years, put the invite out. Invite them to come along and celebrate with us. They've been a part of the family um, and we just want to kind of celebrate and look over those 30 years. It's going to be cool. Also, coming up the Wednesday after that, on the 29th, <clears throat> we um, have a heart and soul night happening here on the Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, and so it's going to be a great night of worship, of prayer, um, and just coming out together for that. And the previous Heart and Soul nights have just been amazing. Always come out of it feeling great, feeling refreshed. Um, so I encourage you to come along to that 7 p.m. on Wednesday night, the 29th. Well, we're just going to take up our offering now. So we've got, um, we'll take up both our normal offering and our missions offering as well. So you ought to be given separate envelopes for that. But I just want to encourage you guys, um, really, let's sow into this mission offering. Let's sow into Sri Lanka. We've got an amazing opportunity to build the centre to train pastors and leaders in a country that really need them. Um, so I just want to thank you for your giving. Um, I'm going to pray for that now and then the team are going to um, take us into a song. So Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in Sri Lanka. Thank you, Lord, for keeping our team safe as they were over there and Lord, giving them the opportunity to minister and to sow into this team, Lord. So I just really pray that what comes in today, God, we, um, I ask that you bless this finance in this in this area, Lord, in this country of Sri Lanka, Lord. Help us use this wisely. Um, open the doors that need to be open, Lord, to give us great deals. Um, so we ask for your favour in this process with this missions offering, Lord. Um, thank you that everything we have comes from you. Thank you that you are our provider and we love you so much, Lord. Awesome. Amen. Well, why don't we stand while we take that? We're going to get into a song. Because you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. Because you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher. Lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love never ending. Oh, oh. Your love has set us free. You are a 
cool. Well, that is us this morning. So a few final points. Reminder, we have an amazing ministry team. They're going to be up here if you want prayer for anything. Um, please come up. If it was your first time here this morning, hope you had a great morning. We'd love to meet you in our guest lounge. We've got coffee over there um, that we want to give to you. That's going to be great. You might have seen a Connect card on your seat. These Connect cards are amazing. We put them out every week because we believe everyone has an opportunity to take the next step in their relationship with God. There's so many different things on there. Please check it out. If you responded to that prayer, if you said that prayer for the first time and didn't want to put your hand up, you can tick the second box on there and um, we'd love to get in touch with you. And there's a drop box out by the front door that you can put that in. So have a great morning. There's a Mana bookstore set up out there. So go check that out. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you before we finish. So Lord, I pray you bless everybody here as we go into this new week, Lord. I pray you bless every conversation. Lord, everything we put our hand to this week, God, I pray you bless this missions offering that's been taken campus-wide, Lord. Help us make an impact in the country of Sri Lanka. Lord, I pray that you, that the glory be brought to you through everything we're doing there, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, guys. We'll see you next week as we celebrate 30 years of Elam in Whangarei.
Jesus loves me, this I know. 
Set free. 